Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. For the first time in American history, people of Middle Eastern and North African descent have a spot on the U.S. Census. My whole life, I've done other when I've like even applied to college or mixed race because, you know, my mom is white. But then I refuse to say that my Arab background is white. Now that the numbers are in, they are driving a series of complicated conversations. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. There are about 20 countries that make up the Middle Eastern and North African regions of the world. Countries from Algeria to Yemen with others like Iraq, Lebanon, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia in between. Until 2020, those people would have been considered white, at least on the U.S. Census. My whole life, I've done other <laughs> when I've like even applied to college applications or mixed race because, you know, my mom is white. But then I refuse to say that my Arab background is white, too, because when people see me, they don't think that I'm white. I don't look white when I go to the airport. People can tell that, like, I'm not white. But then having to check that white box, it just feels like... Okay, basically, I'm whitewashed. And so, you know, we actually have something to identify with on the census and hopefully applications and, you know, hopefully just keeps moving forward. But, you know, I always was kind of (laughs) a rebel when it came to it because I always, like I said, I put mixed race, which really technically, I mean, am I a mixed race? But I would put it anyway, or I would always put other because I just refuse to just check white. That right there is the voice of Zara Huber. She and I used to work together at WWJ. Now she lives in South Florida. Starting in 2020, the countries that I mentioned got their own designation on the census. After selecting white, they had the chance to put down their country of descent, which, according to Dr. Florence Dallow, could save lives. If we don't get it right, we're going to have a large chunk of our population sicker, they're going to die earlier, and they're not going to get the treatment that they need. I got to be honest with you, Doc. I didn't think life and death was going to come into play in that question. If you were to look at the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services to look at people who died from COVID, it looks like Middle Easterners did really well. But we did our own study using data from the state of Michigan, because as you know, when someone died from COVID or someone was diagnosed with COVID, it all had to be sent to the state of Michigan. The rate of COVID were three times higher in the Middle Eastern population than any other group in Michigan. But you wouldn't have known it if you you didn't do that study. Correct. Because the state of Michigan doesn't have their own checkbox for the Middle Eastern population. Dr. Dallow is a professor and the associate dean of health sciences at Oakland University. Like Zara, she is Iraqi. But unlike Zara, she is Chaldean. According to the 2020 census, there are about 300,000 people of North African and Middle Eastern descent. That is a number that most experts believe is an undercount. And Dr. Dallow says the consequences could be far-reaching. 
from a business perspective, from an education perspective, we're missing out on all of the amazing diversity that we have in Michigan. And there has been a huge push toward diversity, equity, and inclusion. But if we don't know who the person is next to us sitting at a table because they have to check white, then diversity, equity, and inclusion doesn't become as rich or as powerful or meaningful as it can be. So I give you the big example of health because that's my expertise. But this bleeds into so many other professions in the state of Michigan. Earlier, I pointed out that while Zara and Dr. Dallow are both Iraqi, they're both very different. Finding differences in Middle Easterners is very common here in Metro Detroit. Kasim Sobe's family has been running the Cedarland restaurant in Dearborn for decades. Kasim says if you want diversity within the Middle Eastern community, look no further than Warren Avenue. You know, if someone's looking for that variety, well, they have it right down the street. If you're ever interested in checking them out or the baklava or whatever the case is, if they have something that I don't have, I want to make sure that I know about it, not to be able to mimic what they have, but to be able to point the person in the right direction to where it is. Because everybody's perspective on, on culture is a little bit different, so it's good to have a little bit of variety around you. That way, everybody kind of gets a little bit more of a visual on what the Middle East is and what the culture is all about. That's one of the beauty parts about Warren Avenue. You, you see different restaurants, and you would think they're all the same, they all taste the same, when they don't. Everybody has their own story to tell. Everybody has their own recipe that they came up with that they got from their grand-grandfather or great-grandmother that they're trying out at their new restaurant that's completely different than the restaurant next door. It's for these reasons that people like Kasim say the term Middle Eastern can be a misleading one, even unintentionally. There's a bunch of different flavors too, so it's not like you're, you're eating the same meal over and over again. Same way in the community, right? Like it's not a one-flavored community. It's a multiple-flavored community. Everybody has their own taste. Everybody has their own opinion. Everybody has their own uniqueness. How do you describe a place like Dearborn? You know, I think so often people would just say, oh, it's Middle Eastern, right? But it's like, well, okay, what does that mean? That's somewhat specific, but also it, it's too vague. And then now you hear terms like MENA, right? Middle Eastern, North African. Middle Eastern is not incorrect, but at the same time, it doesn't always go far enough to explain the people that we're talking about, because you could be from a variety of places and be Middle Eastern. Dearborn, what I, I would say is the melting pot of the Middle East, because it's not just one part of the Middle East. There's plenty of different cultures from the Middle East that Dearborn has a lot of. So Dearborn is taking the best part and just kind of summing it all up into one city here in Michigan. So how important is this kind of community? Zara tells us that moving to Dearborn taught her a lot about her own culture. I actually grew up in New York, and there were not a lot of Iraqis in New York. And, you know, my dad is from Iraq. In Dearborn, I actually met more Iraqi people. I learned more about my own culture because, you know, my father, he was one person. He taught us about the food from Baghdad. What I didn't realize was, like, food was a little different in the north of Iraq. Food was a little different in the south of Iraq. And even some of, like, the cultural stuff and even some of the words they use in Arabic, the dialect was different. So it definitely helped me realize how diverse even Iraqis were. And then I was able to like really immerse myself into other Arab cultures, like the Lebanese culture or the Yemeni culture, like how different the Yemeni culture was, because I didn't grow up with a lot of Yemeni people in New York either. 
it really taught me, even though we're all from kind of the same area, right? And we speak the same language, how different we all are. Living in Metro Detroit, or even Michigan for that matter, we take places like Dearborn for granted. Sometimes we forget or don't even realize how unique it is. Zara says she is reminded of this all the time in her new home of South Florida. How do people approach you in those ways because people like you are not as common where you are? I am definitely not as common. So where I live, actually, it's a lot of Latin Americans and then also like from the islands. So a lot of people confuse me for Puerto Rican or Dominican down here just because there's such a huge community. So they'll start speaking to me in Spanish when I tell them like, I don't speak Spanish. Sorry. They're like, what do you mean you don't speak Spanish? Like, where are you from? And then they start asking questions. And then I kind of stick out, you know, as the Arab. And it's funny because actually a lot of people are not that familiar with like Arabs down here, I feel like, as much, of course, as in Michigan. You know, when I tell people I'm Arab, it's funny, like when a dog looks confused and like turns their head, like that's kind of the looks I get down here, like what? And so then I have to like explain Iraq, like Iraq, you know, Middle East. And they're like, oh, oh, okay, Arabic, Arabic. So yeah, it's been interesting for sure. The census giving people who hail from Northern Africa and the Middle East a spot to identify themselves is certainly a good thing. But if the numbers are truly off by 100,000 or more, as some speculate, that's a big problem. Dr. Wassam El-Maligi is the director of the Center for Arab American Studies at the University of Michigan, Dearborn. He sees a silver lining in this. Boundaries are just lines, and that culture doesn't really work that way. We always want to put things into boxes. This is that, and this is this, and they are what they are, and it doesn't work that way. And I think that's the challenge here for the American government is to figure out how to properly address the nuance that is a large group of people who, like you said earlier, their connection together is relevant, but they are also more relevant as individuals, and figuring out how to do that is going to be the challenge. Exactly. What you said is exactly what I'm thinking of. Maybe it's an opportunity, actually, that maybe this can actually help the government figure out a way to embrace this kind of diversity, to be able to honor that and to be able to cherish that and at the same time to do it in a way that is actually practical and functional. That's a challenge, but maybe this could be one opportunity to do that because this is one of those unique cases where you have people united but at the same time very diverse. The value of Middle Eastern and North African culture and workforce cannot be overstated in Metro Detroit and Michigan at large. And the government has acknowledged that they should be counted and recognized as such. So if we're going to do this, let's get it right. Today's big thanks go out to Zara Huber, Dr. Florence Dallow, Kasim Sob, and Dr. Wassam El-Maligi. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want that Daily J delivered right to you? Well, all you have to do is text WWJ to 20357 and you'll get it instantly. Message and data rates may apply. I'm Zach Clark and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening.